Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's SFF Yeah! is sponsored by us, the Read Harder Journal by Book Riot. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read. Uh, evenly interspersed among these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books. Try out new genres and choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books. Get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant. Find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. Go to bookriot.com slash readharderjournal to buy one. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 44, and we're recording on January 9th. I'm Sharif Williams, and I'm here with Jen Northington, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Today, we're talking about our most anticipated 2019 SFF series. So basically, we're talking about sequels because we couldn't fit it in to our last show, which we went way over on anyway. Too real, too real. And we had to do it because there are some good ones coming up that I am definitely excited about. Mm-hmm. And I should say, actually, I have a cough. I want to warn everybody that if I, I'm going to try and hold off on coughing, but... Just so you know, that is happening to me today. It's been going around. It has. I'm kind of glad, like, for once I got my flu shot, so I didn't have, like, the worst of it, which I saw a lot of people suffering over the holidays. Yeah. So I feel good about that. Good work. Good work. Yeah, I pat myself on the back for getting (laughs) one little shot. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just like my brain is still catching up with 2019. So, you know, one weekend, who knows what's happening? Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Let's see. Before we get into our new stuff, I will tell you all about one of our sponsors, which I'm excited to do. It is Slayer by Kirsten White. And I actually talked about this book on all the books uh, this week's episode, or excuse me, last week's episode. Um, I, because it was really enjoyable. It is a brand new series. This is the first installment in a brand new series set in the world of Buffy, the vampire slayer that introduces a new slayer as she grapples with the responsibility of managing the incredible powers. She's just beginning to understand. So this book is in continuity with the show and the comics. Although I will tell you that I am not current with the comics and it did not matter even a little bit. Um, 
And it's really, I really enjoyed it, especially because um, the narrator, Nina, who is our heroine, who is like suddenly sort of blindsided by having these Slayer powers. Um, she did not know she was a potential. Uh, she kind of hates Buffy. <laughs> and so and she's so angsty. Like she really is like a classic angsty teen. And to watch her sort of progression throughout the book was really enjoyable. And there's all kinds of the classic Slayer tropes you've got. You know, demons who are like, are they friendly? Are they not friendly? There's an underground, like, supernatural fighting ring, and there's slayers running all over the place, and there's a hidden castle in Ireland, and there's demon goo and all kinds of good <laughs> stuff. So, so um, yeah, so I was excited to see this book pop up as a sponsor for the show. So, again, that is Slayer by Kirsten White. It is a, first in a new series in the Buffyverse. And if you are a fan, you'll want to pick it up. I saw that you – I saw Buffy and I was like, Jen is going to want to talk about this. You, you were not wrong. It's, just, it's been popping up everywhere both because like I did pick it to review for all the books and it will be in Swords and Spaceships. Um, but also I didn't realize they were sponsoring things. So I was like, oh, that's a nice bit of kismet it's right awesome. there. Mm, I'll take it. Um, okay. First news story is I think we have to talk first. About this puppy that learned Harry Potter spells because, oh my goodness. So cute. I'm dying. I don't know. I don't know how I missed seeing this until you put it in the agenda. But the story is that a genius human decided (laughs) to train her puppy using, like, instead of, like, commands, like, sit or stay uh, or, you know, like, (laughs) eat, um, has decided to train her puppy using Harry Potter spells. So, like, instead of play dead, the dog knows Avada Kedavra. Like, I, oh, my (laughs) gosh, I can't, I cannot even, I literally cannot even. What? This is genius. I was telling Rebecca, Rebecca Shinsky, that it, because she just got a new puppy. Yes. And I was like, I, you've, you've settled it for me. I want to get a dog like this year. And now oh, that wow. I've seen this, I know my cat's not going to be happy. I was just going to say, what's Tabitha <laughs> going to do? What will happen to Tabitha? <laughs> oh boy. Well, she, I'll remind her that she's not going to lose her place as my familiar. <laughs> oh, there you go. And you can't train a cat to do Harry Potter spells, I don't exactly. think. Exactly. So. <laughs> See, this is my point. Like once I saw this story, I was like, okay. Even more confirmed, like, and also I have my first task set for myself. And the dog's name is Remus, which That's makes so it good. extra cute. And the dog is just cute all on its own without these Harry Potter tricks. But obviously the Harry Potter tricks make it, like, the most exceptional dog on the planet <laughs> in this, the wizarding world and the muggle world. <laughs> I am so excited that this is going to be your 2K19 project. I cannot even tell you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll have to find, like, I don't know. I'm going to have to. Is Are there, like, is there an owl service for dogs? Is there, like, an acceptance letter I could send yeah. to the shelter? I will I will make that happen for you. You just tell me where to send it. I knew I could count on I'm you. On board. I'm your support team for this. Like any assistance you need, I'm here to give you. 
Thank you. Everybody has to watch these videos. Like, of course, we're going to include a link. Yes. So cute. I'm like, I have to follow this dog. Is the dog only on Twitter? I was like scrolling up and down trying to see. I think it's Instagram, too. Instagram, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Mm -hmm. instant follower. Instant follower over here. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. That's so awesome. Okay. I want to talk about, because I always feel like I talk about these shows on Netflix and stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it, whatever. (laughs) But I finally watched something that is applicable and is current, (laughs) and it's Bandersnatch, which is the new Netflix – well, it's Black Mirror, so it's not quite new, but it's an experimental thing from Black Mirror, where it's – I think we might have talked about this before. I can't remember when they were developing it, but it's basically – a quote-unquote 90-minute interactive film. And I say quote-unquote because it can be way longer than that depending on how you play this interactive film. So I sat there over the holidays just because there was like literally nothing to watch. Um, And I watched this interactive film. And so the way it works is you watch it and you get to choose the decisions the main character makes. And depending on what you choose... It takes these different plot courses, which is fun. Like, granted, it's fun. I heard that it was, like, kind of a nightmare to develop and to actually make, uh, which makes sense because now there's this piece that came out from io9 that says we may never see all of Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which I immediately clicked on because I thought I had – I sat there for a long time (laughs) and I was like, okay, I've definitely seen all of the various ways this story could have played out, but apparently not, which is a little frustrating. Um, So there are golden eggs in the show – that are, it says they're so hard to find, they may ne- uh, they may never actually be uncovered. Um, but at the end of it, you do have an option of like going back and figuring out all the other ways it could have played out. Or not all the other ways, but some of the ways I guess it could have played out. Uh, but it was just – it was kind of an interesting experiment. I was entertained for a while and then it became like this sort of chore. Like if you're somebody who has to know all the Mm. things and get all the details, this could definitely be a frustrating experiment for you. Um, But it was really interesting because I had never done – I had heard that stuff like this was going to come up on Netflix and this was my first experience with it. So I did find it interesting um and the story was also interesting it was kind of like there were parts of me where i couldn't i couldn't really focus on the plot so much because i was so invested in just making choices and things like i kind of got lost in that a little bit in the process but it was also an interesting story there were some gruesome bits of course as you might imagine with black mirror there are some potential nightmare situations like this can definitely be nightmare fuel if you're easily scared but i think it's worth trying out but just with the note that you might be a little bit frustrated and that you probably aren't ever going to know all of the different ways it could have played out so 
I avoid, I just kind of tune out all things Black Mirror because I am a scaredy cat and I know better (laughs) than to go anywhere near it with a dead football. Um, Yes. However, okay, so I missed hearing about this. This is very interesting to me. Did you find, I'm just really curious, especially because I'm never going to do it. Did you find the Mm -hmm. choice selection to be intuitive or disruptive or like how did that work? I found it to be, well, at first I thought it was going to be really intuitive. Like it, it just shows up like as a bar on the bottom of the screen and you only have, you have a certain amount of time Mm. to make a decision. And if you don't make a decision, it defaults to whatever the first selection is, which I learned the hard way (laughs) and was irritated about. And then there are other options. I'm trying to figure out if this is going to spoil anything. Yeah, don't spoil anything because I don't want to, you know, you can always tell me off show. There are things like, it is like, there are options where it can be a little frustrating and you are kind of taken out of the moment. But I found it intuitive. Like it wasn't difficult. I will note that I was playing like I have or I was at my friend's house and the way he accesses Netflix is with a PlayStation. Mm. So I'm not sure because I had a PlayStation remote. And now that I think about it, that might have been really easy So I don't know, like, depending on how you access Netflix, if it's going to be kind of irritating to make choices or figure out how you select the choices and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So the mechanics of it might be a little bit different for everybody. Um, But I feel like it's uh, sort of left or right click. So maybe it's not that complicated. But yeah, yeah. Interesting. interesting. It is. Yeah, (laughs) super interesting. I don't know if they're going to have, like, the money or the energy to do this again anytime soon. And this actually did push the um, release of the next season of Black Mirror because it was so involved. So probably not going to be seeing, like, a ton of these in the future depending on how, you know, easy they can make the production going forward. But it might be worth checking out. (laughs) Unless you're afraid of it, which I definitely <laughs> don't recommend. <laughs> uh, you can come sit with me in the scaredy cat corner. That's fine. Yeah, it's cool. Um, all right. Interesting. Uh, okay. Let's see. What do I want to talk about? I want to talk about this Disney princesses playing Dungeons and Dragons yes. video. Yeah. So you found this one too. Sharifa killed it at the uh, agenda <laughs> today. It was very good. Um, so there is a new YouTube video series mixing Dungeons and Dragons with Disney princesses. It is called Damsels, Dice, and Everything Nice. And they've <laughs> recently posted their first of seven planned episodes. And it is just like what it sounds like a bunch of, you know, young women in Disney princess costumes, like playing the Disney princess in question, um, sitting around a table. Belle is, of course, the dungeon master. Perfect characterization there. Um, and I thought it was cute. There's a, It's like a little rough around the edges. It had some moments where I was yeah. like, oh, boy. like oh. Um, <laughs> But I really enjoyed the concept. And there were some great one-liners in there. And I also appreciated, like, the mix of princesses. Like, you know, you've got Tiana and Mulan and Jasmine and Megara from... 
Hercules, I was delighted to see because she's sort of a sidelined, you know, Disney yes, princess. Um, and Leia as our newest Disney princess, of course. Um, I was sad that it, I mean, I like Anna, but I was sad that Elsa was not present a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was, I, it was a nice mix of characters, I thought. And, um, I have some, as this is going to sound really ridiculous, I have some feelings about the characterization of Aurora because she, because oh. Sleeping Beauty is, surprise, surprise, one of my actual all-time favorite Disney movies um, from since I was a kid. I loved it. Although, like, I can't, I do not have any good justifications for that. Um, like, obviously, Belle is the most bookish Disney princess, and therefore holds a strong place in my heart. Um, and there are lots of other Disney princesses that I love, but yeah, I was just like, oh, Aurora character is so sad. Okay, whatever. Oh, um, no. So yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. Interesting too that we got um, Tiger Lily, but not Pocahontas. They, they made some choices. It's interesting. What did you think? I thought that, like, I saw, I watched halfway through and then got distracted, but <laughs> I actually thought it was really cute as well. And that was the first thing I was looking for specifically, mm-hmm. like the brown Disney princesses, yep. like how are they going to be represented? So I was glad to see that, but that is interesting. I had not noticed that Pocahontas was not at the table and maybe it's just that this is their first one and they're mm-hmm. trying to gather their people, um, but hopefully we'll see more if they continue with these videos. Yeah. Um, But I thought it was kind of like, it was definitely an interesting idea. I would never have thought of Disney princesses gathering around the table for a game (laughs) of Dungeons and Dragons. It is like very, this is like sort of like the perfect mix up for nerd culture. Yeah. Which of course speaks to everybody listening. (laughs) Do you remember, I'll find a link for, and drop it in the show notes. Do you remember the Disney princess sleepover art that went around? I think it was around the Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this reminded me of. That's so fun. I wonder why there's such like, there's such a resurgence of like the Disney princess trope and like new, no, actually it makes sense. Like new ways of looking at the Disney princesses. There's some really outdated stuff going on with them. So it does seem right. But (laughs) Yeah, but this is interesting. This is interesting. Yeah, I love it. Well, we'll see how it progresses. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's see. There's another Netflix story here <laughs> and another one. I'm. This is just me patting myself on the back for watching <laughs> lots of Netflix recently. And it's about the Bird Box Challenge. In case anybody has heard of it. So Bird Box came out on Netflix recently. Everybody's been talking about it because it did really well. Um, so firstly, I this is one of those situations. This is outside of the challenge itself. But this was one of those situations where I was kind of not upset with myself. But I wish I had read the book first because people mm. that I know who had read the book said it was very different. Um and didn't necessarily reflect the story. So I'm still going to read it, but I wasn't necessarily afraid. That is probably very different for everybody. So uh, Bird Box, like the big premise of this story is that the characters can't look around. Like opening your eyes and not being blindfolded is... The problem, like something terrible is going to happen if you look. So in this entire movie and in the book, 
the characters have blindfolds over their eyes or, you know, the windows are boarded up, that sort of thing. And so the way, of course, the internet decides to translate the popularity of this movie and the ideas they glean from it is to blindfold themselves and go about life and do things. And of course, some people filmed it. Like I saw some YouTube celebrity who did the challenge and then took down the video because everybody was criticizing it because he was literally walking in the middle of the street with a blindfold. Yeah, no. Which is like, okay, are you, there are limits. Like I get that maybe there are some times where challenges come up where it's kind of funny and whatever, but like this, I can't remember if it was this story or another one that kind of compared it to like, oh yeah, it's this one, like the Tide Pods challenge, which Mm -hmm. was completely horrible. So... There is this thing happening, um, and Netflix actually had to post a tweet that says, it says, can't believe I have to say this, but please do not hurt yourselves with this bird box challenge. We don't know how this started, and we appreciate the love, but boy and girl, which the two characters in the story, the kids, have just one wish for 2019, and it is that you not end up in the hospital due to memes. <laughs> Which just, is totally just correct. seems like good life advice. Don't end up in the hospital <laughs> due to memes. Seriously. So this is just a weird, one of those weird things that come out of, like, it's a horror, it's a horror adaptation of really terrifying book. Like, any type of inspiration you get from this, I am probably not going to get anywhere near. (laughs) I don't know how people come to the conclusion that this is a good idea. So, yeah. Don't do the Burt Box Challenge. Mm -mm. (laughs) Be smarter. Be smarter. (laughs) You all are. (laughs) obviously if you're listening to this yes you're smarter clearly (laughs) all right okay should we get on let's do it all right i'm gonna tell you about our next sponsor before we move right along with our actual recommendations which i'm really excited about so our next sponsor is disney publishing worldwide and undying So Undying is the gripping sequel to New York Times bestselling authors Amy Kaufman and Megan Spooner's romantic sci-fi adventure Unearth. Trapped aboard the Undying's ancient spaceship and reeling from what they've learned there, scavenger Mia and academic Jules are plunged into a desperate race to warn their home planet of the danger humanity's greed has unleashed. From the mountains of Spain to the streets of Prague, the sequel to Unearthed is a white-knuckle ride that will send readers hurtling back to Earth and leave them breathless until the last page. So this is described as an action-packed, high-octane adventure. Um, The story is perfect for readers who enjoy romance paired with nonstop action and intrigue. There's a swoony love story. So if that sounds like it's up your alley, you should definitely check out Undying. And thank you to Disney Publishing Worldwide for sponsoring today's show. All right. Um, should we, let's do our, our joint shout out first. Oh, yes. Because, yeah, we are... I. I'm glad you did this because I was super excited about it. I was just happy to see it on the list at all. Um, But yeah, The True Queen by Zen Cho. How many times have we talked about? (laughs) So many. The most. The most. (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, so the second book in what is it's called like the Sorcerer Royal series. I I think I'm just checking a uh, Sorcerer yeah. Royal novel. Yeah. So the True Queen is coming out March 12th, and like the first time I saw the cover, I didn't even realize that it was the sequel. I was just like, "Oh, this looks like an interesting book," and also because. There are the two characters it's following um, are not necessarily the characters you followed in Sorcerer to the uh, yeah Sorcerer to the Crown. Why did I forget the name yeah, of that? Yeah, Sorcerer no, you're to right. the Crown. You're right. <laughs> you're correct. I'm, like, I'm having a brain fart. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but yeah, it follows two different characters, and I'm I'm really excited to get into the world again. Like it feels like it's been twenty years. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't know it does why. feel that way. <laughs> yeah, were you excited when you when you saw that it wasn't necessarily like Prunella all well, the way through? Yeah, yeah. So I was reading the synopsis, like trying to parse out. Okay, like who's which character? And it, the two sisters um, who are the main characters for this one, like it says, like they have to travel to England to talk yes. to the Sorcerer's Royal. And I was like, Prunella. Yeah. Um, very excited. <laughs> um, so clearly we get some Prunella, but it actually makes sense to me, especially. All right, here we go. Let's like okay. get into my theories about um, how Zencho is structuring these books. If if we believe, which I kind of do, that she is taking the like Georgette Hare sort of structure of, you know, Regency romance and then playing with it in a fantasy way, um, it would make perfect sense that the next book does not feature the main characters from the first book because that's how you do in romance. Like the first book gets their happy, the first couple gets their happy ending and then you go on to new characters who interact with those original characters but have a different focus to the story. So it actually makes perfect sense if we are like taking that structure as our baseline rather than a lot of like straight fantasy series is where you're just following one character from challenge to challenge to challenge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. I am really, uh, my mind is blown by this insight. Well, so I cannot claim it for my own. <laughs> I <laughs> talked about uh, Sorcerer to the Crown on, or one of our guests talked about Sorcerer to the Crown on Recommended. I'll drop the link into the show notes. And she was like really clear on the Georgette Hare influences and so that was super helpful to me in in rethinking how I thought about the book so that's so cool Mm -hmm. well it's it's really I'm actually like I don't mind either I thought that initially I would be a little bit disappointed because I love Prunella so much Mm -hmm. but then I was like oh my goodness they're in like Malaysia and I can't wait to see that setting because I kind of knew it was coming Mm-hmm. And so to see it actually happening is yeah. kind of amazing. And I can't wait to read how Zen Cho describes that because a lot of her short stories and stuff are set in Malaysia. So actually reading a story set in England by her was an interesting new thing for me. And mm. she lives in England. So, you know, of course, she knows the space and the territory. But yeah, I I can't wait for this book and I think this is actually one I am not necessarily the sort of person who drops everything to read the sequel because I'm just always on like, ooh, this fresh new fancy thing, this glittering book is coming along. <laughs> like I it's harder for me to get to the sequels, but this is one where I feel like I've been waiting for it so long. I have to. 
Yeah, well, it kept getting pushed back. I mean, they kept changing the pub date over and over and over again. Um, So the official pub date is now March 12th. I'm still waiting to get approved for a galley. Cross all all your fingers and toes on that. I am crossing them all. Oh, my gosh. This must be a difficult one. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Yeah, so again, that was The True Queen, and it's a Sorcerer Royal novel, the second in the series, out March 12th. Um, Do you want to go next, or do you want me to still? You go ahead. Okay. All right. I will talk about my first – well, we just talked about fantasy, so I will talk about my first science fiction book. And this is one I yoinked from Jen (laughs) (laughs) because there are actually not like a ton of science fiction sequels Mm -hmm. coming out so far as I could tell um, this year. So I chose – Thanks to Jen, the sequel to Rosewater, which we had a whole book club about, Rosewater by Tade Thompson. The next book in the series is Rosewater Insurrection, and it's out March 12th. And we had, when we were doing our whole book club, we were talking, like, you know, theorizing about what the next book might be, mm-hmm. knowing that he had already written the series so we didn't have any details and we i'm pretty sure we guessed that the sequel would follow aminat we did good yes i was like oh i hope we said that we aloud. did, we did. <laughs> because it does so yes. we were right <laughs> she was definitely one of i think both of our favorite characters so Um, If you haven't heard that episode or if you haven't read Rosewater, this is a story set in Nigeria. It's science fiction. It's really good. It's uh, part of the Wormwood Trilogy is what it's called. And it follows – in the first book, it follows Caro, who's this government agent. He has kind of a shifty past you don't know about right away. But the main thing is that all of the people in this area of Nigeria have – um, there's this event that happens and some of them have the ability to be kind of telepathic. And Caro is one of those people. He has this special ability and his job, his day job, uh, asks him to use this ability for security. But then he has this other side job that's kind of like discreet and a little bit like fringe agent of the government and they do some really terrifying things and um there's this just the whole series is about trying to figure out what's going on inside this biodome why this big event happened that is sometimes helpful to people and sometimes harmful to people and it's just this just this uh really interesting really unique adventure and experience with a lot of really great characters and so the next one is following one of the characters who is um one of the lovers it was actually Caro's lover in Rosewater so I'm really excited because she was a great character and I really wanted to know more about her and there were some things that were definitely kept back about her background and about um some of her experiences and about her job that I can't wait to find out about. So I'm really looking forward to this one. And uh, I feel like the story Rosewater is still fresh in my mind. So that's a good thing. So I should probably get on top of this one soon, (laughs) but it's not even out until March. So I've got some time. 
You do, you do. Yeah, I was delighted that we called it correctly. I'm so yes. thrilled. Um, my my pick that I'm going to talk about first is sort of science fantasy. It's it's unclear to me if it's just like a sufficiently advanced technology inside the book or if it is magic. But either way, um, my first pick for this is Mahimata, which is the second book in the Asiana series by Rati Mehrotra. Um, and this, I loved the first book um, in this called Mark's Woman. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the show. Um, it's about a young woman named Kira who is growing up in this sort of, it's like definitely like far, like future of Earth, potential future of Earth where aliens have come and then gone and left these like wacky artifacts behind. And her entire family has been murdered in this, like, clan war. And she's, like, the last of her, you know, line, basically. And she's being trained as an assassin. And she has this, you know, magically bonded to her knife. Um, and she gets sucked into this power struggle uh, for control of the order that she is a part of that's raising her to be an assassin. Um, and there's a really interesting sort of gender dynamic at work where most of the assassins, pretty much all of the assassins are female. But there's this one order of male assassins that's sort of been like almost mythical and sort of outcast and she of course uh, finds herself in love potentially with one of them and <laughs> there's a really intense ending to the first one and so this one um, Kira and Rustin are both off on their own sort of side quests but then they have to come back together and it's it's the enemy is the man who is responsible for the deaths of all of Kira family so obviously like big things are afoot and i cannot wait to see what comes next in this series i think this was one of the overlooked books of last year quite frankly i did not see nearly as many people talking about it as i wished to have um so if you are like a series waiter then you know hey there will be at least two of these books here for you so if you got started now um, on Mark's Woman you would be in plenty of time Mahimata comes out on March 5th so again that is Mahimata by Rati Mahrotra I think I attempted to say that right we'll see how close I got sounded good mm -hmm. um, okay so my first fantasy pick is Children of Virtue and Vengeance, which is the second <laughs> book in the Legend of Orisha series. It's out March 5th. And I feel like I don't have to go on too much about this book because I have talked about it to death. Uh, at least Children of Blood and Bone, which was the first book in the series. And uh, Children of Virtue and Vengeance is out next. And I know a lot of people are anticipating this book because there is a cliffhanger in the first book, which drove me crazy, as things do with cliffhangers. Um, so this is, of course, the story that follows mainly Zelly, who is a kind of headstrong young woman, but she has reasons for being headstrong. She has had some really terrible violence in her, her past, and as a child, her mother was murdered because of the Orisha um, which is this place that has magic and there are people in this land who used to be able to wield magic and then the king of the country decided that he didn't want that happening. Power only belongs to him and he started to oppress these people and Zelie and her family were oppressed as a result. Lots of people were and she's kind of living in seclusion um, she kind of has to keep her head down, but that's not really her style. So 
she gets into the situation where she has an opportunity to really change the world and to make things better for her people. And she ends up being followed along on her journey by Amaris and her brother Zane. And Amaris has her own situation going on. She has a past. She has been royalty, but she made some choices of her own and ran away from that scene. And Zane has to follow Zelie because he's very protective of her. So they're on this journey. They're going to try to make things right and rest power from for the kingdom and for her people and all sorts of adventure happens along the way and you learn things about Zelly's power and about Amaris and the characters are just really great to follow along with so there is definitely like if you read the first book and you have been waiting for this next one because you have to find out what happens you should definitely pick this one up as soon as possible i am going to for sure and i expect it to be as huge as the first book was so um yeah i'm gonna have to get started on that and it only took me like a little while because it's really fast paced so if you're looking for a ya fantasy series if you don't mind reading the second book uh before the next one's out you should definitely pick up children of virtue and vengeance and again that was from the legend of orisha series out march 5th by tomi adiyemi by tomi adiyemi thank you no problem um, okay, my next pick is also fantasy. It's Storm of Locusts, which is the second in the Sixth World series by Rebecca Roanhorse. Um, the first book was Trail of Lightning. I'm sure. I feel very sure that we talked about that on this show. We right? must have. We must have. Oh my goodness, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Now I don't know. I know I reviewed it in the newsletter. So basically, okay. so this is another sort of future vision of um, the United States specifically, in which sort of the a big chunk of the continent has been swallowed by water and magic has been unleashed on upon the land. And um, the uh, specifically Navajo nation has like blocked off a section of land called the Dineta um, where they are, you know, it's basically the reservation writ large, but they are sort of more familiar because of folklore and, traditions that have been handed down um, for dealing with these magical monsters. Um, and so they're making they're making it work as best as they can. Um, and Maggie Hosky, the main character, is a monster hunter um, who has her own special powers. I will say that this book gets a trigger warning for gore and cannibalism. It is oh, wow. really, yeah, it's gory as all get out. Like, there is a lot of blood and guts and gross in this series. It is dark. It is dark. Um, but I really enjoy it. Um, and Maggie in the first book is sort of, she's been cut off by her mentor. She's alone. She's brooding like in an RV. She has no friends. She has no life. Um, she also doesn't have a job at that point. Um, but she gets hired to try to help rescue a little girl who's been kidnapped by a monster. And in the course of that mission, she discovers that somebody is unleashing weird new monsters on the world and has to figure out what is going on. And I won't get too deep into the plot. There's a lot of plot to talk about there. Um, but I will just say that it ends in this place where you're just like, oh, Maggie, like, she finally made a friend and then a thing happens <laughs> and now she's alone again. And you're just like, uh... oh, oh, Maggie, like, what's going to happen to you? <laughs> you're so angry. Um <laughs> 
She's kind of like, to bring it back to Buffy, she's a little bit like, you know, the Native American version of Faith, I almost want to say. Like, that kind of, like, troubled nature and, like, conflicted, like, what is good, what is not good, am I good, am I bad? Like, that's the kind of vibe that Maggie has. Um, And so in this new one, which is coming out in April, April 23rd, um, twins show up at Maggie's door with the news that Kai who was the friend um, in the first book that Maggie lost, has fallen in with a mysterious cult um, led by a figure out of legend. And Maggie suspects that there is like something else going on here. So she's going to track down this cult and rescue her former friend and try to make things right. Um, and of course, none of that is going to go how she wants it to. I will say that this cover is amazing. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. Oh my gosh. It's so good. So it's got three like badass ladies on it. Um, Maggie, who's got like her sword and she's like on top of an overturned car. And then there's a young black woman with like big natural hair holding a rifle. And then there's a girl who's like in like a ball gown in the background. Also (laughs) holding a gun. And I'm like, what is going on here? And something's on fire. And you're just like, wow. Okay. Like there's a lot going on here yeah it's a killer cover i'm really excited about it so so all of that is to say that if you like dark fantasy if you like monster hunting books if you like complicated conflicted characters you gotta get in on this series um it is the six world series the first one was trail of lightning the second one is storm of locusts it's by rebecca roanhorse and this one comes out on april 23rd and i will just give a little note here that rebecca roanhorse is um native american but she's not navajo i apologize i don't remember her tribal affiliation right now um but she is married to a navajo man and there's been some conversation online about like the representation in these books and is it own voices is it not own voices and how respectful is it so there's varying opinions so if that's a rabbit hole you want to fall down you can just do a little googling and you'll find it um but in terms of like you know fantasy like this is a solid new series so that's my story about that (laughs) awesome all right so my Final science fiction pick is actually just kind of a shout out. It's basically me saying, if you haven't read Binti already, here's <laughs> here's my last opportunity to scream about it. Um, because there's a Binti trilogy omnibus coming out February 5th. So if you like, because these are novellas, I don't know, I I am personally, I love novellas, but if you are more of a, you want all of the novellas in a series to be in one book so that you have this big chunky thing, then this is your opportunity because they're all going to be collected into one book at last. And the cover, this is another cover that looks gorgeous, by the way. I'm staring at it right now. Um, And of course, if you don't know Binti, she is the... Courageous adventurer in space who goes on a spaceship so that she can go to university. So she leaves the Himba tribe, she leaves her people, and she sets out on this mission to, you know, claim her intelligence and show the world that she has a lot to offer it. But something terrible befalls the spaceship and she is left alone to fend for herself and to find a way to reclaim this ship. Uh, from these space pirates. So it's very adventurous. There are, th- there are three books in the series. And 
They are all magnificent. They won some awards. They're definitely worth your time. And if you've been hoping to get to the series, this is a really great time, and it's a great way to have them all collected in one place. So again, that was Binti, the complete trilogy. That's the omnibus coming out uh, February 5th by Nettie Okorafor. All right, my first sci-fi pick, and we'll try to speed up a little bit since we're going long here as yeah. always, um, is, so my first sci-fi pick is Ruse by Sydney Pond, which is the second book in the Want series. And this is a near future, like high tech heist series. Um, in the first one, a group of teenagers go up against a very evil corporation who is responsible for blocking um, a really important environmental like pollution regulation legislation because the way this company makes their money is that they make like basically like air like suits, like almost space suits, but for everyday living on you know planet Earth um, because the air is so polluted, but only the very rich can afford them. And so it, it is in the benefit of this company that no legislation goes through to clean up the pollution because then they won't make any more money. Um, and so this group of intrepid teenagers, you know, goes up against the big corp. Um, and of course there's like a love story and a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet thing and betrayals and et cetera, et cetera. It's really great. Um, and this next book in the series, they have like, they got through the first book. Um, they got, they thought they won, but now, you know, the villain is back and, and there are schisms within the group and everybody has to figure out like where do their loyalties lie this stuff is catnip for me. I love a heist <laughs> story. I love a high-tech heist story. I really loved the characters from the first book, and I'm really excited to see those relationships get developed more. It was a really great found family vibe, and I'm really excited to see how those like complicated feelings get dealt with in this second book. Um, so again, that is Ruse by Cindy Pond. It's the second in the Want trilogy. Or I don't know if it's trilogy. It's second in the Want series. Okay, good enough. Yeah. All right. So my final pick is YA Fantasy. It's The Wicked King, and this is from the Folk of the Air series by Holly Black. This is a sequel to The Cruel Prince, which you probably saw everywhere, and I can't believe I didn't talk about it last year, but it's uh, released January 8th. And this is also right in my wheelhouse. It's got evil fairies, vengeance, and this protagonist with a real dark side. Um, and I think I mentioned Forest of a Thousand Lanterns was one of my favorite YA books yeah. last year. Yes. If you like that book, I think you'll enjoy this one because the main character has kind of that uh, – that trajectory. So mm. um, it's not a fairy tale retelling, but it does take place in a fairy tale set setting, except kind of a nightmarish one, especially if you're a mortal living in this world, <laughs> uh, which Jude and her sister are. So as kids, they were abducted from their home, stolen away to live in this realm that's ruled by the court of fairy. And it's ruled by this family full of secrets and intrigue and diabolical acts and Jude and her sister are raised as children of a fairy general, but they're really treated badly by their peers. But instead of being angry about it, Jude decides she's desperate to fit in. And so she does whatever she has to do to fit into this world and to show them all that she belongs and that she has a place in the court of fairy. 
Um, very Uh-oh. cringy. Yeah, very cringy decisions <laughs> again. But of course, we love that. So this book was fantastic. It's a page turner. The second book is probably just going to be just as amazing. It had a cliffhanger. So if you want to read that, you should definitely check out The Wicked King, which is out now. And that's the second book in the Folk of the Air series by Holly Black. All right. My last pick is a short story collection. It's Yay. the Hexarchate Stories by Yoon Ha Lee. I know y'all heard me talk a billion times about the Machineries of Empire series by Lee, which I am obsessed with and continue to be obsessed with. Um, and this is a collection set in that universe, the universe of Nine Fox Gambit. Um, and there's a story about an art thief and a general and like a renegade and, 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 and. Um, and the description promises that it will take us to the very beginnings of the Hexarchate's history and reveal new never before seen stories I can only assume I like I would be really surprised if there's not like at least one Jadao backstory in there too uh-huh. so I mean I'm counting on it I'll be really <laughs> sad if there's not but um I just cannot wait to get my hands on this it doesn't come out until June so I have a little bit of waiting to do but I am very excited. I would like for such a grim, dark world with such complicated characters. Like I really just want to know more. I think Yoon Ha Lee's imagination is a fascinating and kind of terrifying place. Um, mm-hmm. And this world is so interesting and the rules of this world are so interesting that I just want to know more about it. So if you like me are obsessed with the world of the machineries of empire, good news. Uh, so again, that's the hex arcade stories. It's a short story collection from Yoon Ha Lee. Out June 25th. Very exciting. And that's our show. Yay! Thank you (laughs) all so much for listening to us ramble on about our favorite (laughs) things. Um, If you would like to ramble back at us, uh, feedback about um, books that you've read that fit a theme. If you have a theme request, we always love to get those. General feedback about the show, you can send that to us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. If you would like to leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, we would love that too. It helps other folks to find the show as well. And you can find me on Online on Twitter, it's Jen IRL. That's Jen with two N's IRL. And you can find me on Instagram at Sina Williams. That's S C A I N A B Williams. And we'll talk to you next time. 